This is gonna be fun. Yeah. Yeah, well. Because <laughs> this, this comes up so often. It'll be fun to actually like go through and, and quantify it to some extent. Yes. Yeah, that's we've never actually be... done that. We just kind of like mentioned the list. Yeah, no, we always do. We always it's yeah, this one's going on the list. <laughs> I think we even uh I think I remember when we finally determined that somebody beat Denethor for for it. When was that? <sighs> and who was it? Oh, I'm pretty sure it's gotta be Tucker. It's gotta be Tucker. It's that's the only thing I can think of that's worse. Yeah. Yeah. But before we delve too deep into that, <laughs> before we actually get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Nerdscape, a semi-weekly podcast where two siblings with not nearly enough time on their hands get together on a semi-regular basis and talk about nerdy stuff. I am Rama. And I am Fen. And this week, we are discussing the worst dads in fictional history. Or at least... The worst ones that we could think of in a 24-hour period, because uh, that whole thing where we said we were going to prep didn't actually start happening until yesterday. Yeah, so. yeah. and uh, this is by no means a definitive list, just oh, no. the ones that we're familiar with. So actually, let me go ahead and throw this out right now. Mm -hmm. um, if you uh, think of any uh, that you know of... Uh, if you're listening right now and you think of any like really bad fictional dads, just like terrible trash dads, uh, go ahead and send that to us um, on Twitter if you post with the hashtag NerdscapePod. And let us know if there's any that we missed or maybe any that we might not be familiar with. Or if you just completely disagree with one of our choices, that'd be... Interesting to hear your reasons. Yes, exactly. Um, this is uh, also not going to be in any particular order. I think we are probably going to start with like the two definitive uh, yes. entries on the list, but then after that, they're not really in any particular order. Yeah. Because that we did not do. We did not actually rank them. Yeah, because it's... I think it's really hard to rank them. <laughs> yeah. Um. Some of them are by far worse than others, and we're going to talk a little bit about why that is. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't, th and also um, being a whether or not somebody is a good person does not affect whether or not they are a terrible father, though it does tend to influence it a little bit. Right, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we've got a couple of examples too that are like specifically like these are kind of terrible people, but they're not necessarily bad parents. Yeah. Alrighty, I guess, uh... 
let's let's start with the one that started the concept for yes. us. Um, start there. It's uh certainly not the worst of the two. No. Um, but it was our first. I, I would argue it's probably our, our first exposure to a really really bad fictional father figure. I think so. Yeah. Because it was just so. It was unfathomably right. terrible. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. You don't send your kid off to die. Yeah. After telling them to their face that, that you wish that they were dead. Yeah. Just blatant favoritism. Yeah. Terrible. We are, of course, talking about... Um, the Lord Denethor, steward of Gondor, from Lord of the Rings. Ah, uh, John Noble did it so beautifully. Absolutely fantastic job portraying character. Absolutely trash parent, though. <laughs> yes. Uh, not, not an absolute terrible person. Well, I mean. Well. Uh... He, um, we are. It is. It is implied that he was not as bad of a steward as he was at the end for most of his life. For most of his life, yes. But there, there comes a point where ambition kind of overrules. Mm. Like he was ambition not and fear. He was not going to relinquish his throne. Right. Yeah. Which is terrible because that's like his whole job is to maintain. The, the country until the king returns. Yeah. But then at the first inkling that the king might be coming back, he's like, oh, heck no. There may have been some um, some resentment as well, considering that he had always assumed that Boromir was going to succeed him. Yes. And not having, not having that line of succession was... Uh... Which is kind of where the trash parenting comes in, because he had another son. Yes. Uh, and that's, that's... Oh, FYI, super spoiler uh, warning yes. for a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know that we can... There's probably some things that we can, like, not really spoil a whole yeah. lot while we're talking about it, but some stuff is probably going to get spoiled, sorry. Yeah, because uh, some of this, some like, with Denethor, ever, like, his terrible parenting is all very plot-related stuff. Yeah. And it's all from like the last half of like the last book. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a technicality. Well, we're not going to get into that right now. <laughs> but anyway. Um but no, yes. So the two biggest the two biggest things for me about mm -hmm. Denethor is the blatant favoritism. Yeah, you don't pick that... favorites with your kids. That's just I mean, not like that. Yeah. Like it's it, it's awful. He is constantly berating Faramir for not being Boromir. Yeah. And I don't, um, I, I, I doubt literally. even that cuz Faramir is a great fighter. Like he doesn't like fighting. Mm -hmm. He's a pacifist for the most part, but he understands that, you know, it's got to get done. And yeah. there's nobody around to do it. But if he had been as like strong and meat-headed as Boromir, I still don't think that Denethor would have given him the time of day. No, no, because he wasn't Boromir. 
Yeah. It wasn't that you're not like your brother. It was more of you aren't your brother. Yeah. He did have a, a, a mildly redeeming moment right at the end, though. Yeah, after a lot of really, really awful, because, like we said, he tells Faramir to his face, I wish you had died and not your brother. Yeah. And then sends him out to die. And when he comes back to the city half dead, he goes into this spiral of woe is me and then tries to kill him and his half-dead son alive. Yeah. And then, as he's finally catching on fire with Faramir on the floor, he's like, oh wait, no, that's my son. Right before he bursts into flame and, like, dies. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just, just all around terrible parenting. Mm-hmm. Terrible parenting. There is one that's even worse, though, that we discovered later yes. on in life. Yes. Ah. Um, Jax and I were discussing this, and I think he, he brought up a good point. The worst part of it is, he wasn't a bad parent until... Oh no, we were talking about this last right. night. He wasn't a bad parent until he was. He was, uh... <sighs> I'm sorry, I just... You did it is... okay there. I actually I know people like... who stopped watching this show at this point because... Oh, no. They just couldn't handle it. I can't fault them for that, but... Because it's, it's a... It is, it is a very rough moment. Mm-hmm. And it gets... It kind of... It's kind of the point in the show when you realize, oh, not everything's going to be happy. Right. <sighs> um, we are, uh, of course, talking about uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Shao Tucker. Yeah. So major, major Full Metal Alchemist. Well, I guess it's not, not really major. major because it was pretty early on in the show. It was, and it was. Uh... <laughs> it's funny because. You know the characters have their um, your 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 catalyst moment for the characters is of course them trying to bring back their mother and failing, mm-hmm. but this almost acted as a second catalyst. Yeah. So they're they're like in the main city. They're trying to collect research for uh, this philosopher's stone that's supposed to give them like the ultimate power, so they can. Fix the problems that they caused by trying to resurrect their mother. And in the process, they're staying with this alchemist who is known for, um, like, melding animals, like different types of animals together and getting them to mm-hmm. talk, which is not yes. supposed to be possible. But they quickly learn why he was able to get them to talk. And the, the, it's a pretty devastating um, revelation. Yes. Now, see, Shao Tucker has this adorable little girl. Probably she the is so precious. Second most adorable character in the entire show. Her name is Nina. And she has this massive, like, massive dog. Huge dog. Named Alexander. Absolutely adorable. And... So it was like he was his... 
they were doing some sort of an evaluation, right? The government was evaluating whether or not they were going to continue funding his research. And he, because he had not recreated the, the super amazing breakthrough that he had had years ago with the talking chimera, like nothing short of that was going to cut it for them. Like we said, he was a very good parent. Yeah. Very, very loving. Very, he cared about his daughter very much. And, I mean, he, you know, like people do, had gotten very wrapped up in his research leading up to this this examination. Mm-hmm. And, um... Like we said, uh, he was a good parent up until he wasn't. Up until the point where he let his ambitions uh, get the better of him. So, the boys show up on the day of the evaluation. Um, and they had, they had befriended Nina and Alexander. Yeah. And uh, Tucker greets them with the news that he had uh, he'd done it again. He'd finally, finally recreated his, his experiment. But that's <sighs> when the boys realize that Nina and her dog are nowhere to be found. Because he had melded them together into this poor, pathetic, miserable creature. And it had turned out that his previous success was uh, he was using his own wife because she was going to leave him because he was... Paying more attention to his research is, I believe, the implication. Uh, Yeah, that he was a slob and not very um, attentive. Right. And, yeah, he turned his, like, she was like, what, three? She was young. She was really, really young. And he just, he did not grasp why. That's just the enormity of, of, of what he was doing. Right. Because obviously this this disturbs and upsets Ed. Oh yeah. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's, he's the, trash parent. Yeah. The the lack of empathy in the face of getting what he wants, even for his own daughter. <sighs> well, those are the two worst um, <laughs> entries on our list out of the way. Um, <sighs> that kind of is the. More or less the basis for our our it like it's not really like a an actual list that we keep, but anytime we see like you know in fiction there's like a dad that's just a terrible terrible parent, mm-hmm. we we you know joke around and say well he's going on the list. Yeah. Uh, so in kind of the same vein as Tucker. Hmm. Um, and I don't remember who had suggested this one. We've been having this, like, running conversation for, like, the last 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, Jax and with Mom. And, yeah. like, trying to brainstorm some, some ideas and stuff for the list. So, um, there was a series of books that we had read. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, young adult fantasy, kind of urban fantasy series there's actually i've i've realized there are a lot of the books that i haven't read yet oh really 
Yeah, the, he's done. There are like there's like three different series now. Like yeah, there's the same... there's there's several different series that he is. Well, is it, is it just the three? I I, I want to say so because I was I was doing some some research into this one. Um, okay. Just a little while ago. Yeah, I had I had forgotten exactly whose father it was that had uh, that that we were talking about. Right, right. And uh, anyway, um, because everyone's in the dark. Um, so this <laughs> this this series of books um, was called Dragons in Our Midst. Mm-hmm. It was really really cool concept, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. Uh, um, this kid discovers that he is um, actually a half dragon. Well, basically, the- basically the the idea is that um, back in medieval times, uh, uh, during specifically during the reign of King Arthur, right? The uh, there there were basically two different kinds of dragons. There were dragons that, that strove to uh, live in peace and harmony with humankind, and then those that just didn't care, you know, pillage towns and 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 eat people and, and, and steal and kill and all sorts of terrible, terrible things. Uh, but the the those dragons were the ones that were giving dragons as a as a race Mm-hmm. as a whole, a really bad name, and spawned, like, the dragon slayers that would go out and try and kill dragons, regardless of right. what kind of dragons they were. Yes. So, in order to yeah. protect them, uh, Merlin basically uh, gave them, like, human forms so that they could hide yes. from the dragon slayers. Now, they still had... Uh virtual immortality as dragons. Right. They live for like thousands and thousands of years. So, um, so yeah, the, uh, the main character of the story, um, Billy? Billy. Mm-hmm. Billy. Um, was, he, he discovers that he is, um, his father is one of these dragons. Um, and that he has inherited the, uh, well, it takes it a while to actually fully develop, but he has basically inherited the uh, fire breathing right. from his father. And he meets this girl, Bonnie, who has dragon wings. Mm-hmm. Well, we I learn think later... I think it's the second book. Yeah. We learn later because that, that uh, Bonnie's father is actually human. Yes. Her mother is the dragon. Right. And that he apparently did not know what she was when they got married. Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering correctly. Right. But when he found out, um, he decided that, because he was a, a scientist, I believe. Yes, a, a doctor and a scientist. Yeah. Um, and he found out when she started growing the wings. Yeah. So, of course, um, poor little Bonnie becomes the uh, subject of a variety of terrible just awful experiments. As does her mother. Right. Um, and he starts working with uh, um, a dragon slayer. Yeah. And well, basically like keeps trying to turn Bonnie and her mother over to the dragon slayers. Mm. As part of his... I don't know, whatever research deal he has. Because the dragon slayers, like yeah. in modern times, are like starting to research... 
Yeah, because they've got to they have to track down these these human looking dragons and and the their abomination half breed offspring. Yeah, which I think was their tended to be their their well no it was I guess the dragons were still their main targets but still. Well, they were just they were just as interested in in killing the the yeah oh yeah. half dragons yeah. Because they wanted to just get rid of the the bloodlines entirely. Exactly. But yeah, another case of well, maybe a little less extreme, but uh, good father until he wasn't. Yeah. Well, I I feel like a lot of it probably had to do with uh, resentment for not knowing. Yes. Like his wife didn't tell him. Right. So, but yeah, no, like conducting experiments on your kids, bad parenting. Yes. Yeah, bad, bad parenting. Just there are awful. plenty of plenty of uh, parents in fiction who are literally fighting for the opposite, and then you go and 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 turn your kid into a science experiment. Well, because he was also like either taking in or kidnapping like other kids. Yes, there were like all these other girls that were involved in the experiments after Bonnie like got away. <laughs> And didn't his uh, didn't his assistant turn out to be half dragon without anyone realizing it? Um, I actually did a little bit of research on this. She's technically full blooded. Ashley? Yeah, Ash- it was Ashley, right? Ashley. Like both of her parents were um, were um, oh, dragons in human form. But like her grand, but like the-, the the guy that took her in after I don't remember what happened to her parents, but the guy who took her in. Um, she basically was like her grandfather to her, but, um, he was dying and she needed Mm. like a cure for him or something. So that's why she was working for this guy. Yeah. That would be why her only real, um, trait that she developed was she was very highly intelligent. I think I read on the, the wiki when I was like doing some research to try and remember all this. It's been years and years since I read these books. Um, she has yeah. healing abilities as well. Okay. So she got two. That's right. Yeah. And again, I guess because her... Because uh... she she's technically full-blooded, but she oh, inherited... Right. But, but because she was the offspring of dragons in human form, she technically is not a dragon. Right. Yeah. Speaking of children as science experiments. <laughs> Alright. Um, this one, I guess, technically makes the list um, because he did father a child. Um, oh, God. Uh, but it was a really uh, twisted situation. Um, and we can discuss whether or not this technically makes the list. Um, uh, no, I think this. I think this technically makes the list. Okay. Uh, Professor Hojo mm. from Final Fantasy VII. Yes. The Creepy scientist. Thing, oh my gosh, the whole thing with him and Lucrezia like just oh. grinds my gears. So gross and creepy. I mean, if you didn't play through Dirge of Cerberus, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> it does make a little bit more sense on Lucrezia's, uh, side from her point of view right there was this whole thing with like vincent's father that she felt Mm. like responsible for and 
I don't know. There was this whole thing where she felt like she was getting too close to Vincent, like she was going to hurt him or something like that, or like she didn't deserve him or his affection or what have you. I don't know. Whatever it was, it pushed her to agree to this really screwed up experiment that Hojo had in mind. Yeah. I don't even really want to think about how that happened. Yeah. Because that's just disgusting. Right. <sighs> yeah, I but... think if you uh, if you are the cause, one of the greatest threats to the world, intentionally. Yeah, you're probably a bad dad. <laughs> no, and here's the crazy thing: like Sephiroth never had a clue. Like, yeah. all of this nonsense going on with like, um. Crisis Core, like in the beginning and all that, when it's like him and Angel and Genesis and everything, like there are in, there are interactions with Hojo, yeah, and he's just completely clueless. Like I, I think at that point, for the most part, Hojo was like observing for the most part, not really involved in Soldier Program. Yeah. Um, even though it's like it's his it's his project. He had tried several times. That's that's where Angel and Genesis came from. Like, he had tried this several, several times. Experimenting on your kids is bad parenting. Having yes. kids to experiment on is also bad parenting. Yes. Experimenting on your kids before they're born is terrible parenting. Just don't yeah. do it. Just, PSA, just don't. don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Does that does that pretty much cover like experimenting on your kids for the list? Um I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think I think that pretty much covers like dads experimenting on their kids. But probably only because I haven't seen uh Neon Genesis Evangelion yet. Oh, is there an instance of that in there? I I'm not i I'm not fully familiar with what's going on, but uh I know the, the the basic premise of the series um, is that there's these giant alien monsters are invading Earth, and um, someone has developed these giant robots that have to be controlled by kids for some reason. That's messed up. And the guy in charge of these things, um, he, yeah, one of his sons, the main character. Like, oh no, the only way we can save our world is to send kids into battle. Inside giant robot suits. Yeah, no. No thanks. Oh, and and apparently he is an atrocious father. Ugh. Like, there's, there's, like, his entire character has been summed up by fans of the series in a single expletive-laden phrase where he is telling the main character to just get in the, uh, Get in the mac. Ah, that's where that comes from. <laughs> See, yeah, you know the you know the. Oh, phrase. I know the phrase. Yeah, I'm an anime fan. It, I'm familiar with the phrase. I've just never seen the show. Yeah, me neither. I I want to. I haven't sorry, decided. guys. We got into anime really late, so like yeah. classics like Evangelion is not something we've actually watched. Sorry. Yeah. I haven't decided if I'm gonna go back and watch the series or if I'm just gonna watch the movies because. I don't know. That's a discussion for another time. Yeah. I won't devolve into that. 
Um, but anyway, Trash Dad, experimenting yeah. with kids. Yeah. All right, you do one. Yeah. Um. Do you need the list? <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm trying to trying to decide where to start, and it's funny because uh, I've I've actually been rewatching this one, and I had forgotten the self righteousness with which this guy was a trash dad. Oh goodness. Um. So, <sighs> Fate Zero. Ah. Uh. Yes, and you've you've seen the first episode, right? Saw the first episode. Um, yeah. Yes. That that hour long. <laughs> I always I always forget. Every time I go to watch it, I always forget that the first episode is forty five minutes instead of twenty. Yeah. Um. So yes, the uh, the prequel to Fate Stay Night. Um, and one of the characters, uh, Tokiomi Tosaka, is the head of a very prestigious um, mage family. Mm-hmm. Uh, his family have been, yeah, a very, um, very well respected family in a in a world where pedigree is considered to be um, a reflection of your strength as a mage, right? Because, you know, you pass down your... I, I do actually have to kind of go into how uh, how Magecraft is passed on to... For you to really understand why he... Cause his reasoning is important. It doesn't make him a better person. And in fact, I think it makes him worse. So, right, right. Um, so they record basically all of their research and study into um, a crest. Mm-hmm they keep on their body um it's kind of vague in the series whether it's a physical thing or if it's just um and what they'll do is they will pass down and then copy over this crest to their child right are we talking Um, about like a an an object or like a tattoo uh again it's kind of vague i always got the impression that it was like a mark okay okay like a uh, yeah, like a branding or a tattoo or some some yeah. some sort of mutilation of the skin, more or less. Yeah, um, I can see where this is going. So, and it can only be passed down once, right? And so they pass it down through the generations, and it gets you know bigger, more intricate, more detailed. Um, at least on a theoretical level. Mm-hmm. Um, because you add your knowledge and your research into that of what you're, you know, It would be a really cool idea if I was not aware that we're probably talking about a child and we're probably talking about um, forced passing down is where I assume you're going with this. Um, uh, not in the case of Tosaka. <laughs> All right, never mind then. Um, now... Uh, mage training is very, uh, very strict, very difficult. Um, his, uh, his eldest daughter in the actual Fate Stay Night, uh, visual novel, and I think in some of the anime adaptations as well, actually talks about how difficult, um, of an upbringing she had because she was raised in Magecraft. Right. Not that she has any problem with that. Uh, the problem with, with, uh... Tosaka is that he had two daughters. Mm-hmm. 
and can only pass on his knowledge to one. Right. Now, both of his daughters are very gifted. So when a friend of his, uh, Zokin Matau, um, comes to him and says, Hey, my, my, uh, my one son who has any aptitude for magic has uh, decided to abandon, abandon the family and abandon magecraft, so I don't have an heir. Mm-hmm. Can I have one of yours? And uh, Tosaka uh, accepts. Okay. And adopts his younger daughter out to this creepy old man. Ah. Yeah. Because, and as he tells, um, he says later in the series, he he claims he's, well, no, he's doing it for his own legacy. But of course. Because, as he puts it, if both of his daughters can be the heirs to a powerful mage family, then uh, that, that's, that's double the chances that his family will achieve their lifelong dream of uh, reaching the root. I mean, it's a, it's a win for him, really. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is that Matau is... I'm probably butchering that last name pronunciation, I apologize. <laughs> um, Spell it out for me. M-A-T-O-U? Uh, Mato. Mato. Yeah, that sounds better. It's devil, isn't it? Uh, or derivative of demon or devil or something? It might be. Let me look it up real quick while you uh, keep talking. Um, so, uh, the problem is, is that Zoken is... All he cares about is himself. He's very self-centered. He is obsessed with this... Um, Holy Grail war ritual that the families are involved in. Mm-hmm. And he just sees uh, Sakura, the younger, the, the daughter that he adopts, as a tool. Gotcha. Um, he's abusive and awful and terrible, and um, his magic crest is embedded in these worms. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I remember that from the yeah, first episode. Yeah, you, you remember the scene. I'm oh, not going to go into a lot of details, because it's... And it's apparently worse in the light... Or the... Yeah, the light novel. But it's just... It actually... Uh, the, the, the the crest worms and the way they work, and they actually end up, like, in the in the uh, the, the visual novel, that they're actually apparently... um They... It's hard to explain. Um, <laughs> they end. They end up basically. Um, they're like parasites. Yeah. So they embed themselves like into her, uh, into her body, Ugh. Um, and override her. Um, they call them magic circuits in in the series, mm. which is basically it's it's. Once again, no, thank you. <sighs> yeah. No, and it 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 overrides her natural affinity for magic, and so she can't right. learn magic normally. She can only inherit what she learns of magic through these crest worms. Yeah. That's terrible. It is. And and Tokiomi doesn't care. He's got... He's got his heir. Like, yeah. Screw her. Yep. She is just going to be useless non-heir for him anyway, so might as well. Yeah. 
pass yeah. her off to somebody else. Exactly. And it's that callousness of, of he thinks he's done her a favor. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine the the tragedy of having two children in a mage family? How awful that would be. Mm. <sighs> to um to answer your question, by the way, Mato okay. uh uh basically means uh to anticipate. Ah, Think you're okay. thinking of Mao. Mao. Okay, my bad. Yeah. I was thinking of Mao. <laughs> yeah, no. Trash. Very trash. There are, trash. there are not a lot of non-trash characters in Phase Zero. I'm gathering that. And, like, some of them have redeeming qualities. And some of them are tragic. This uh, guy's just trash, though. Yeah, like, his biggest sympathy is that, I mean, he does care for the daughter that he kept. <laughs> but he couldn't, you... couldn't really care less about the other one. Right. He's He was incapable of being able to split his attentions. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of... Unless you have more to say about that. No, no, I, th- I think that's about it. Speaking of um, nobility mm-hmm. and bloodlines and trash fathers, <laughs> uh, can we... Can we talk about uh, Lucius Malfoy for a second? Oh yes, let's talk about <laughs> what a freaking nobility. trash parent. <sighs> yeah, God. Like, because I just recently finished reading the Harry Potter books for the first time. Right. I know, huge um, shocker, but I've never read the Harry Potter books. <laughs> I literally just finished Deathly Hallows on Friday. So, like, the first book, Draco is, like, this, like, bullying little twit, right? Yeah. Self-righteous, self-centered, arrogant. At the beginning of the second book, we actually find out where he gets it from. Mm -hmm. And it's because his dad basically, like, pushes him around and bullies him. And I like that um, the the actor that plays him in the movies, um, Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs, brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. I don't. From think what I can remember, read... I actually don't remember a lot of the movies because yeah. <laughs> I did see uh, the movies I... several years ago, but I don't remember. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember one through four. I remember mm-hmm. most of the fifth one. Yeah. I remember like bits and pieces from six, I think. I remember yeah. the twist at least, but seven—I I couldn't tell you like how any of that played out in the movies. I honestly couldn't. It, it's funny. I actually binge watched five, six, and seven part one over a weekend so that I could see seven part two in theaters with some friends. <laughs> Without having not seen even the intentionally. Other ones? I no, I I'd seen uh, the first, and then um, I had an apartment to myself for a couple of weeks. Well, I was trying to find a job in college, and uh, my one of my roommates who was he wasn't living in the apartment at the time, but he'd moved a lot of his stuff in. He had mm-hmm. uh, he had five, six, and seven part one, and so I watched five one night, and then I think it was like a Thursday night, mm-hmm. and then I got a text from him on Friday saying, "Hey, um, 
A couple of us are going to see Harry Potter in theaters this weekend. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to go. I just let me let me finish watching these two movies so I can be caught up. <laughs> um, and I think I finished uh, seven part one like an hour or two before I left for nice. the theater, if that. Um, and then I've most recently watched them. Our youngest sister finally got. Nice. Yeah, so I got to watch all of them with her. So I'm actually a little more clear on the movies because it's been a couple of years since I've read the books. Well, I just finished reading the books. So between the two of us, I think we can probably fill fill in some gaps here. Um, Um, Right. Because from what I remember, it's not as clearly uh, shown in the movie as it is in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you first see Malfoy, um, the, well, Lucius. Lucius. Um. He's like, Draco's sitting there complaining to him about, you know, Harry Potter this and Harry Potter that. And Lucius is just like, shut up. Like, I don't want to hear you whining anymore. Just stop. Yeah, you don't really see much of that side of Lucius until um, a little bit later in the movie. Mm-hmm. And less of it is in the script and more of it is in the way Jason Isaacs um, treats the the way he acts. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I don't know that he had read the books beforehand, but he said in interviews that he had seen the first movie, and he's like, "Well, that's that's just that's he's just a snotty little brat, isn't he? I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can drum up some sympathy for." It. Yeah, cause it's it. I mean, it's in the book. There, he's like his father like treats him like trash. Yeah. Like. It, <laughs> All of this nonsense about, like, oh, don't treat me badly because I'm going to tell my dad and then he's going to, like, come down on you is is really just because <sighs> Lucius wants an excuse to throw his weight around. Yes. And Draco knows that that will get him attention from his father. And it's probably the one of the rare times he gets positive attention from his father. Right. But if he goes on too long about his problems at school, then he gets yelled at. Yeah. And there's this whole bit where he's like telling him that his grades are terrible and how dare you let a mudblood like beat you out in in grades at school like you're a terrible person like what are you doing with your life? You're a sh- disgrace. Yeah. To the family. Basically telling him he's not going to amount to anything. But then it's like we talked about like don't experiment on your kids. Here's another PSA for you. Don't let your kids join cults. Yeah, no. And don't initiate your kids into cults. Like, that's just trash. That's bad parenting. Don't do it. Yeah. Just, just, maybe don't, don't join cults yourself. I mean, you know, that's, that's a starting point. But if you... Because I think think initiating (laughs) your children into cults is kind of inevitable if gotten yourself involved in a cult because how many how many cults work answer me this though how many other death eaters kids were in that cult how many other death eaters like initiated their kids from school because i know that there were other kids at that school that had parents who are death eaters yeah but who Which actually was the gets... whole uh the whole yeah no you're right yeah poor draco because when, when he gets to the graveyard at the end of Goblet of Fire, he actually, like, 
Voldemort actually mentions Crabbe and Goyle's parents by name. Yeah. But you don't see Crabbe and Goyle, like, being initiated as Death Eaters. They just... they're just goons. Isn't that... Isn't that also the reason why they locked the uh, Slytherin house in the in their their room during the Battle of Hogwarts? They were evacuated. Oh right, that's right. I don't know what happens in the movie, like I said, but that's right. In the, the movie, book, they they send in the yeah. book, and everybody who was like a sixth year and younger was evacuated, and then anybody who didn't want to stay and fight was asked to leave, and all the Slytherins left. Yeah, which is. I don't have a lot of issues with uh, Rowling's writing, but I think that one was a misstep. I, I don't like the way... Um, we can get into this when we actually discuss Harry Potter. I, I yeah. don't really like the way Slytherins are portrayed in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the movies, they were sent down to the dungeons, which is where they're... Which sounds bad, but then you remember that Slytherin House is actually their... their their dorm their is in the dungeon. In the dungeon, um, actually, uh, under the lake. Yeah, because they they have a and that's that wasn't in the movies, was it? I don't think it was. You would know better than I would. I don't think you actually get to see the the Slytherin common room movies. I don't think they actually talk about where the the common rooms are in the movies, if if I'm not mistaken. Because yeah. Hufflepuff, no, you're theirs, right. theirs is like right next to the kitchen. Yeah, right next to the kitchen. Uh, Ravenclaw Gra- yeah. is in the tallest tower. Uh, Ravenclaw is near the astronomy tower. I think it's it's in one of the like neighboring towers, yeah. and then Gryffindor is in like another tower on the other side of the castle. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, Lucius Malfoy, trash parent. <sighs> trash, don't, trash. Don't bully your kids, because then they're gonna go bully other kids. Don't induct your kids into cults. Don't yep. like present your kid as like a a lamb for slaughter for the leader of your um, cult like that's yeah that's a no-no don't don't try to use your kid to increase your own status with the leader of the cult or uh, don't use your kid as a political pawn either because that's trash there's a couple different directions we can go with that if you would like to take that segue you are welcome to do so um Oh, shoot. Might have to pull up the list. Um, political pawns. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna go with one who is maybe a little, uh, less, less deserving of the list than a lot of others. I think. Okay. Um, because actually most of his, uh, most of his bad parenting is really a case of, um, ignorance on his part. Okay. Um uh yeah, let's let's talk about Darth Vader. Okay. I was not either of the two directions I was expecting to go in, but let's talk about that. <laughs> um yeah, I, really I think the worst his worst bit of parenting. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, cuz he does he cuts off his own son's hand fully knowing. I mean, at that point he knew. He's cutting off his own son's hand. But it was more of a, please don't make me kill you. Yeah. Like, he really um, didn't want to go that direction with it, but... No. I no, mean, when and... your kid's thrown a temper tantrum, and, <laughs> like, fighting you on, on something, and refusing to do what you say, sometimes you gotta get a little rough. 
Maybe cutting off the hand is a little extreme. Yeah. Please understand I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, no, and uh, I mean, torturing your daughter is is way not cool. Definitely not cool. Um, Don't do it. Torturing, torturing anyone isn't cool. I mean, like, that's just that's just awful. To be fair, just don't torture people because you yeah. never know it might be your daughter. Yes, but I I think I think and the then fact you're gonna feel like was, trash. I think that was this, it, the fact that it was he was not aware she was his daughter at the time that it was I think doesn't quite push him into terrible father for that. Um, no, because his his goals as soon as he realized he had kids was 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 reuniting his family and yeah and to be fair just... we've got a couple entries on the list that we put together that don't technically qualify for the list because Darth Vader is a trash person he's a terrible human being right however he's not necessarily a bad parent because for the majority of the time he didn't even know he was a parent right um and he does he he tries he's really bad with people Always has he is. been. He's, he's, he's not a people person. Yeah. I would argue that the majority of him tracking down Luke in episode 5, especially after he found out who mm-hmm. Luke was, was because he knew that the Emperor wanted him killed. Yes. So he was... I mean, he was bargaining for Luke's life, really, by saying, hey, if we can turn him, if I can yes. convince him, if I could just talk to him and show him that, hey, I'm not really all that bad a guy... And then I can have my son back. Yeah. That I didn't know I had until like a week ago. Yeah, no, his his major motivation, episodes five and six, is really just reuniting with his son. It's, it's, so he doesn't really... His methods are, are his methods are not questionable. great. Um, his methods are questionable. And he is yes. still a bad person. But yes. being a terrible person does not always equal being a bad parent, as we pointed out. Yeah. Also, being bad at parenting doesn't always make you a bad parent. Yes. Because there was, like I said, there was one other entry on our our list. Hmm. And if you're okay with with moving on to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's not much more to say about Vader. Um. Because. So. Final Fantasy Ten. Oh yeah. A lot of the um, a lot of the initial information we get about Jekt is from Titus's point of view, and it, in mm-hmm. Titus's opinion, Jekt was a terrible father. But we learn later he's just bad at parenting. Yeah, and he's bad he's... at being a people person in general. Yeah, he doesn't know how to talk to kids, and so mm-hmm. ends up kind of bullying his son a lot. He does it, though, he, he's trying to make his son a better person. Right. Like, he straight up tells, like, he, I want to say he, he says that during one of the, like, you can go around and get these, like, I don't remember what they're called, yeah. the, the spheres. The Jack spheres. Yeah, the yeah. Jack spheres. They're, like, these recordings of him. And in a lot of those, he's, like, he's sitting there, like, questioning, like, did I raise my son right? Like, I really just wanted what was best for him. I was trying to make him better than me because I'm a terrible person. I was yeah. just trying, like, this whole tough love thing. Yeah, He's he gets a lot trying. of humanization through those. Yeah. And I cried at the end. At the end of 10. Yeah. Like, oh, I, there were... Yeah. Yeah, after that. Because Titus actually, like, realizes, hey, my dad actually did kind of love me a little bit. 
Yeah. Maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And that wouldn't have been there if Jack was actually a trash parent. Right. So yeah. Jack is worth mentioning on a list of terrible fathers in fiction, but I don't think he actually technically qualifies on the list. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. So, uh, where did you think I was going to take political? I was assuming you were going to jump on uh, Emperor Britannica. (sighs) Emperor Britannica. (sighs) Don't use your kids as political leverage. (sighs) Kids do that guy have? A lot. A lot. Too many. Way too many. Too many children. And they were all... Because he, like, he ranked his kids, didn't he? Yes. Like, they yes, had political ranking based on whether or not he liked them. Yep. And it showed in their middle names. I don't remember exactly what the, the is that, convention was. Is that what it is? Because I was doing a little bit of research on this, because it's been a while since I've seen the show. Um, Code Same Geass. Here. For anybody who's not aware of what we're talking about, we're talking about Code Geass. Because um, the middle name that... Uh, um, that Lelouch has is the same as his mother's. Mm-hmm. So oh, did, that, he, did he rank his concubines too? Probably. Or his wives or whatever he called them? Probably. Also, did I read that correctly? He had 108? Good lord. I mean, it, it's ridiculous nowadays, but you look at uh, other, like, in the past. it's Like ancient um, civilizations yeah. and stuff like that. It's, it wasn't all that uncommon. Right. But then again, these these people had like 30, 40 wives that they could... <sighs> but yeah, no. Like, I think I read that, that he had 108 wives. And probably yeah, at least as many that's... kids. Yeah, it was... Yeah, there was a lot here's of... what gets me. Because the wiki said, like, a lot of his political aspirations and his personality came from the fact that he, like, watched his whole family murdering each other for um, succession. And yeah, he didn't no, his, like that. His mother was murdered and his sister injured because of somebody. Was It was a power play. I'm not talking about Lelouch. The... I'm talking about his oh. father. Oh. Oh, wow. So where does he get off like pitting his kids against each other in this Darwinian, like fight for survival because that's basically his thing like if you if you're not strong enough to survive you don't deserve to live oh yeah so what's the difference that's trash parenting right there yeah definitely yeah it's been a while since i've seen the show so i I don't know that i could really say any more than that just that he was a terrible person he was and all of his all but one well no all but two of his children pretty awful people in their own rights too yeah i mean look where they got it from and the whole thing was like some twisted pursuit of immortality yep that is exactly what it was don't use your kids for weird experiments or political clout or like i don't know using kids for your ambitions is wrong yes don't Absolutely. do it. Yeah, that's where I was assuming you were going with that. I had almost forgotten about uh, Charles. All right, who do we have <sighs> left? Let's 
see. Um, well, we've got, uh, we do have somebody else we can talk about in Full Model Alchemist. We do. You want to go ahead and tackle that? Yeah. Again, on the on the lower scale of, of bad parenting. Although, depending on the version we're talking about, it, uh, it varies a little bit. Right. Um, so, Von Hohenheim. We'll start with Von Hohenheim. The, okay. uh, the Ed and Al's father. Absentee. Um, oh, shoot, I don't remember his exact reasons for leaving in the, uh, Something about like going and spreading the um right the philosopher's stone that he had consumed to undermine that's right the transmutation circle that's right like he had a genuinely reason for leaving in brotherhood yeah he did and he did what he thought was best he left before uh, Trisha died mm-hmm. So he didn't know that she was going to get sick. It was like a plague or something that that came yeah. through. So yeah. And when he did get back, like here's my argument: I don't think that von Hohenheim technically makes a list, right? Because he did what he thought was best for the greater mm-hmm. good. Yep. And then when he did get back, he really, really tried to reconnect with Ed. Now he did. Um, like, he, he tried was... really super hard. And he even uh, offered to sacrifice himself at the end to uh, to help everybody. Yeah, like Ed, like what was it? One of his last lines, uh, or one of the last thing he says to Hohenheim was that he was a terrible dad. But he he didn't mean it. No, he didn't. I mean, it was what he had said his whole life because he didn't know why his dad left. Right. Hohenheim um, of Light, on the other hand. Yeah. He is kind of a crappy dad. He is. He walks out on his family to go conduct research, and we never really know why he left. Right. Um, we know that he had a son previous to his marriage to Trisha with 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 Dante. Mm-hmm. Um, that died, and they tried to bring him back. And of course, in the uh, the two thousand three anime. Adaptation world that creates homunculus and homunculi. Homunculi creates a homunculus. Yeah, creates a homunculus. Um, which is bad. Yes. Don't they're... transmutate your kids. We've already been over this. Yeah, don't don't transmute your kids. Uh, even and even dead kids. Yeah, no, that's not cool. Um, and then he kind of like turns back up. When his kids run into his ex-wife, and I don't know, I don't remember his appearances in the. He was a he was a womanizer in the yeah. original series because he was flirting with Ross. Yeah, wasn't there this whole big thing where like him and Dante had like this whole plot? Yeah, they were uh, basically stealing bodies. Yeah, like they. Isn't that how Ed ended up in, like, the other world? Part of yeah. their, like, twisted experiment? Yeah, uh, Dante sent them through a gate. The gate. The gate. Right. Into the other world. But Hohenheim was, like... He was part of that, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, trash. Don't yeah. use your kids 
for experimentation. We have been over this. Yeah, ab- absolutely not. <sighs> yeah, Hohenheim of Light is a terrible, terrible father. I mean, he sacrificed himself in the end to get Ed home, but didn't actually get Ed home. Right, and it was his fault in the first place. Yeah. So... Yeah. I have a lot less sympathy for Hohenheim of Light than I do for Von Hohenheim. Von Hohenheim is... Von Hohenheim, like, he was doing the right thing. He was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to fix a a problem that he caused, unwittingly. Yeah. Yeah. Hohenheim of Light was just... Trash human being and trash father. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the House of Raul for a minute. Okay. Because I know that's something that you're not quite as familiar with. Right. I I watched the show. Mm-hmm. I think I watched it all the way to the end. Yeah, we watched it all the way to the end. Yeah, there were only two seasons. Um, so here's an interesting tidbit. And I've, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm okay telling you this. Okay. It's kind of a spoiler, but... Um... Not kind of, not really. Like you know how the big twist in um, the TV series was that Dark and Raw was his brother. Yeah. Uh, in the books, that is not accurate. He's actually his father. Right. I think I knew that. I think I knew that it was different in the books, but the age difference between the actors was too narrow. Yeah, I think they they decided they 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 made Dark and Raw younger because like a he was also blonde in the book. So I guess they figured that a young, dark uh, villain was more, uh, I don't know. I could see it. More appealing, I guess. Anyway, so, uh, sort of true series. The raw line. I don't remember all of the details. At some point, like, they were, they were not bad people. And at some point, mm-hmm. there was, like, this major corruption that happened. And then after that, like, the entire line of Lord Rawls, like, the ruling head of the family, was just absolute trash to everybody around him and to his offspring and to his subjects. And it was just, it was not a good deal. So having a trash father, <laughs> as as we have seen with... Uh, the case of Draco Malfoy turns you into mm-hmm. a trash person. Yeah, usually. Which is most likely to turn you into a trash father. So yeah. it's just like this long line of dads being terrible to their sons and to mm. their wives and to their people and just to people in general. Yeah. And you pull one of them out so we can break that cycle. Yeah. Pull one of them out Throw him to some, like, faraway land where magic doesn't exist. Have him raised by an actual decent person. And then he comes back and kills his father. <clears throat> Cycle broken. Yay. But no, Dark and Raw, trash person. Trash father. Terrible, terrible father. Yeah. I want to say there was this one book where he, like went off to this other realm or something. Um, I don't remember all of the details. Uh, but, like, 
the spirit of his father was like haunting him the whole time he was there just being a a, a general like jerk yeah because that's what he is he's a trash person and he's trash father so yeah that's a thing i've got like five more on my list oh yeah (laughs) let's see oh Actually, about three of them, I think we could probably like just run through real quick and just generally acknowledge them as terrible, terrible fathers. Okay. Um, and then I, I kind of there's a couple that I kind of want to talk about a little bit more in depth because again, they don't really qualify for the list in my opinion, but for very different reasons. Okay. Yeah, let's let's do it. Okay, so the three that um, we're just going to kind of touch on real quick: uh, Norman Osborne, which is where right. this came up as a topic in the first place. Um, mm. Lionel Luther. Right. And you might not be as familiar with this one, um, but Frexbar from uh, Wicked. Okay. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> bad, bad theater kid. I know the basic idea of the story of Wicked, and I've heard some of the songs. That's it. <laughs> I've still not actually seen the, the show, but I did read the book recently. Okay. All right. All right. So, so starting off, uh, Norman Osborn, because that's that's where we came up with this idea in the first place. We were talking about Spider-Man, I believe, for our Marvel and DC discussion. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about how bad of a parent Norman was. And he is. He's a bad parent, kind of along the lines of uh, Lucius Malfoy, where he like treats his son like he's no good. He's never going to amount to anything. Yeah. And a little bit on along the lines of Denethor, sort of, where he, like, prefers Peter. Like, I'm going mostly based on the, the first set of movies. Oh, yeah. No, that that this. is absolutely what's going on. Yeah. Lionel's just abusive Lionel, and awful. Yeah, again, with the whole, like, tough love and bullying your kid. Yeah. Basically, like, don't tell your kids that they're never going to amount to anything. Because you're going to turn them into terrible people. Yeah. That, that causes them to do, like, everything and anything in their power to prove that they're not worthless. Yeah. And I know we get a lot more of that in Smallville than anywhere else. Right. Um, but even in, like, the other Superman movies and stuff... Lex is always talking about how terrible his father was to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like the running joke. Right. Yeah. Lex. Lex. Lex had a bad childhood. Yeah. And like in the Smallville TV series, it literally took Lionel being possessed by an alien being for him to gain some (laughs) empathy. Yeah. And he's still kind of a, a manipulative jerk. Right. But for mostly the right reasons at that point. Yeah. Up until that, that though, I mean, everything he does is to benefit himself. Even right. if it means stabbing his son in the back on occasion. Oh, yeah. And then so the, the last one is uh, Frexbar, who is mm-hmm. technically not Elphaba's father, but is married to her mother. Uh... It, I think it's probably handled a little bit differently in the in the musical. In the book, like he mm-hmm. tried really hard to love her 
but he just couldn't get past how she looked. Mm. And then when her sister was born, like that was it. He was completely and wholly devoted to her instead. Gotcha. Blatant favoritism of the worst kind. Oof. Yeah, that's... How many times we got to go over this? Don't pick your kids. Don't, don't, don't. Don't don't pick favorites. Yeah, don't pick favorites. Okay, don't show favoritism. Like, I know for some people that's really hard not to pick favorites, but don't let your kids know, at least. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts a lot. But yeah, so... That's, for the most part, that's the list. Now... There's a couple more entries on here that I do want to touch on because they are terrible parents, but they're technically not human. So I don't know if that can really proper properly be applied. All right. Because they're not really capable of human emotions and empathy in the first place. So the two that I want to talk about, uh, we brought up blue exorcist. Yep. Um, and then, Ego from Guardians, uh, yeah. of, Gal- Guardians, Guardians of, Galaxy. of Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. So here's the thing. They're technically not human. Right. Does that change the rules? Um, no. No? Okay. Explain. <laughs> um, I, want, I want your opinion on this. Like, well, let's pick one and, and work through it. Well, I mean, in either case, we're talking about parents of human or half half human children, right? So it's like you still kind of have to judge them by human standards, okay? Because the kids still need human um, parenting. Okay. Like, you know, if you've got a race that, you know, parenting isn't really a thing, you can't really blame them for not parenting their alien kids. I don't know. I don't think I'm making any sense. I think you just talked yourself in a circle. This I happened. Did. Um uh okay, well let's let's talk about ego for a minute. Okay. Um he creates children to kill them. Right. To expend them as energy, which is kind of a, that's... It's his nature, though. Is it? (laughs) I think he's kind of making up his nature as he goes along. He's... Fair point. But, like, his whole thing is, like, he he doesn't really understand humans. Right. So can he really be faulted for not understanding human empathy and human morality maybe i consider ego more to uh, a force of nature yeah i think as ego entity. is a half formed consciousness yeah like his his only instinct really is to procreate and spread <sighs> let's get um i am i am not I am not a philosopher. I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> um, let me let me look something up real quick. Okay. 
Oh, they named him wrong. Oh, no, okay. They didn't name him wrong. <laughs> That's ironic. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, are, how, are you at all familiar with the concept of the id, the ego, and the superego? To a very, very brief extent. So the id is basically um, our basic instincts. Okay. Like we're talking like animal primitive Yes, instincts. exactly. Exactly. You, you're hungry and you want to eat, that is the id. Uh, the ego is the part of your, from my um, brief understanding, that's the part of your, your psyche that uh, gives meaning to the id, basically. Okay. Um, Are we talking, like, deeper desires? Yeah. Yeah, like, um, let me... Uh, it seeks to please the id's drive in realistic ways that will benefit in the long term rather than than bring. So it's it's it Logic. adds structure. Yeah, kind of. I was often obliged to cloak the unconscious commands of the id with its own pre pre conscious rationalizations. Um, it's a regulating mechanism. It's basically what allows us to delay gratification. Right. So then let's um, talk about superego as a, as a comparison and try and, and pinpoint exactly like so what we're talking about here. The superego is uh, reflects the internalization of cultural rules mainly taught by parents applying their guidance and influence. Um, yeah, that's what he's missing. The conscience. Yeah. He's missing. He does not, he does not possess a conscience. Yeah. So that's the point I'm getting to. Yeah, he, he does not have a basis for empathy or morality, especially as pertains to the human race specifically. It's yeah. what he's trying to understand to some extent, being that, like that was his only successful procreation with another species. But he he spends more time trying to fulfill his basic instinct to spread than he does trying to understand human empathy. It's not mm -hmm. it's not a priority for him. Yeah. He's still a terrible person. And as a as a dad, he's a terrible parent. Right. But I don't but... think he plays by it it, it doesn't play by the same <sighs> rules as the rest of the list. The, no, you're all of the right. other I fathers think... we've talked about so far are capable of human empathy and understand it and deliberately choose to ignore it. No, that's that's fair. Um, no, yeah, okay, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, and I, I can I can agree with that. You're right. He lacks the. He is yeah. He's a bad person, bad parent, but he lacks the uh, the ability to comprehend that. Right, he likes the ability to be better, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Blue Exorcist. I would We're argue talking, the same thing. He is literally Satan. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. The, the main character's father in Blue Exorcist is the devil. So, um, by, that, by, that, by that very point, he is, again incapable of human empathy and morality. Yeah. So yeah, terrible father. 
Yeah. Terrible person. But it is also in their nature to be... Like, that's his very nature. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have any other choice. Yeah. Okay. I could also make the argument, like... Because Jax and I were discussing this, and he was arguing for Satan to actually make the list, genuinely, because he didn't give a crap about the boys until after one of them exhibited some um, ability. But my argument for that is he's seen what his manifestation and his presence does to human beings and so chose to keep his distance until after he realized that one of them might be able to handle it. Yeah. That's my argument, anyway. No, yeah. No, that makes sense to me. So, yeah. Two entries on the list that are um, technically still really bad parents, but... Yeah. Also kind of... Definitely don't rank as high because, uh, yeah, different different context. 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 Yeah. It's always context. Different different rule set, really. They don't play by the same rules. Yes, and uh, obviously there are many, many more examples. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm sure there's a whole bunch that we just didn't even think about. Yeah. And then some that, that we just aren't familiar with. Because, again, we don't have nearly enough time on our hands to delve into every single nerdy endeavor that comes across our path let alone go seek out ones that may not fall into our laps. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, once again, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the topic. Um, yes, please please let us know. If you have somebody in mind that didn't make a list, or if you have uh, comments about the list as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, hashtag ner- uh, NerdscapePod. You can find me at, at Captain Fenris on Twitter. And I'm uh, at Ragdoll127, so if you just want to like send us a message or uh, reply to, again, we post every time uh, yeah. a new episode goes up. So if you want to follow us for that as well, sometimes that will go up before um, iTunes or Google Play gets updated. Yep. Because they always take a while to update. Uh, we are on Google Play and on iTunes. And, okay. The, the the Google Play is news to me because last time I I looked I couldn't find it so that's good Look to again. know. Look again, it's actually it, it it is it should be up there uh, unless there's some sort of a problem. In which case I need to go and look and see if I can fix it. Um, I also may not really know how to look for podcasts. <laughs> I'll help you out with that in a minute. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get it figured out. Um. But yeah, I think that's going to be about it for us for today, guys. Yeah. But thanks for listening to our random and ridiculous topic for today. Yeah. Uh, don't know when we're recording next. Don't know what the topic is going to be, but um, we'll get another one out as soon as we can. Yep. Um, but yeah, I have been Roma. And I have been Fen. And this has been Nerdscape. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys later. Miss behind. The world ahead And there are many paths to tread Through shadow To the edge of night Until the stars are all alive
ghost and shadow, cloud and shade,